morning again. And um, I hope, my hope has always been for Shift Church to be a church, that it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. And because what we really believe is that, like, if we begin to value the things that Jesus valued, if we begin to look at the things that Jesus valued and made them a part of our lives, then our lives will never just be okay. Because God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. And for us to be a part of that purpose and that plan for us, we, what we've said was is that we have to value the things that Jesus valued, right? And so what we said was a couple weeks ago is that we wanted to begin this series called This Is What We Do because valuing the things that Christ valued is what we do. And what, these, what, the, what this series has been about is our five core values that Shift Church has. And our hope in all of this was that, is that these five core values become really our personal core values. What we, what we believe about our lives, what our purpose is in life is, I believe, found in these five values. And so what we did the first week, a couple weeks ago, is that we looked at this core value called save people, serve people. Because it says that Jesus came to, to serve, not to be served, although he deserved to be served while he was here. What he said was, no, I'm coming to serve. And that if we were going to be like Christ and value that within us as followers of Christ, we said that we have to begin to serve those around us, to really be the church where we live, work, and play. And then, then um, last week what we talked about was that, that it's this idea that, say, that, that found people find people. That's, that since Jesus came, as Scripture said, to seek and to save the lost, that since we once were those people that he found, that he seeked out, that it's our job, our responsibility as followers of Christ to be, as found people, we go and find people. We introduce them to a God that could change their lives forever. Okay? And so what we're going to talk about today is this idea that growing people shift or you can say it like this that growing people change for us to be something different than what we once were if we are if we are in Christ we should constantly be growing and as we grow there should be this change that happens a shift in all of our hearts that happens and we kind of like what we said we want to do is look at, at Jesus's life and get these principles and and what 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 Luke 2.52 says, that, and just to give you this, this scenario here, is Jesus, you know, he's, he's around the age of 12, and he goes, his family takes this trip to Jerusalem, and they go to head back, and they get part of the way back and go, where the heck is Jesus? And they drive all the way back to Jerusalem, and well, not drive, but, you know, I guess ride a camel or walk, you know, but they, they, they go back to Jerusalem and find him in the temple, right? They find him in the temple teaching all these leaders, these religious leaders, and he's 12 years old, and he's like, they're like, what are you doing here, Jesus? And he's like, what, do you think I'd be doing anything else? Um, and so, and it's at, at this point where the, the, the Luke writes that Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and all the people. That even Jesus knew it, knew it was important to grow and to shift and to change you know, as he grew, and so that's what the Bible says that he grew. He that he he as he grew, he shifted, he changed, he he became. You know, he found favor in God and favor in man. I love the rainy background to this. This is it's like one of those ambiance things. Sorry, I ate my ADHD. Um, but but we but we don't like change, though, do we? We don't like change like 
Um, don't tell Lyric I told you this, but, you know, the week that it snowed, I don't think she changed her underwear once. And I was like, girl, you better go change your underwear. But she goes, these are so comfortable. <laughs> I don't know, but they stink. Hopefully, like, in 10 years when she goes back, hey, Dad, I'm going to listen to your old sermons, and here I am talking about her underwear. All right? <laughs> but we don't like change, though, do we? It's like we want to stay comfortable, like I'm good here. But if we're going to be a church that makes a difference in South Knoxville, if we're going to be a church that grows, and we, ha- we have to, as we grow, change. We have to shift. From the very beginning, I said this, that we have to shift. We have to think different, be different, act different. It's like we, if we, that it's why our big statement is we exist to shift or change out of cultural norms and shift or change to an authentic relationship with God. We have to make these shifts. And it's because growing people change. Like if we really have Christ in our lives, something's going to look different a year from now. Something's going to look different six months from now. And here's what we have to understand about this change, even though we don't want this change, even though we want to stay comfortable, is that God wants the best for us. He wants, what's, he wants the best for you. He wants us to live life in abundance. That's why John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to leave you with nothing. But he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. He wants you to have an abundant life. But to have that abundant life, we have to make shifts in our life. We have to start valuing the things that God values, the things that Christ values. So Christ wants much more for us than we could ever imagine for ourselves. So much more. But we have to learn and grow and change. So what we want to do today is look at how does this change happen? Like, how many of us know that real lasting change has to happen in the heart. Like it has to happen within us. It can't just be your behavior changes. Luckily, my job at the middle school, I'm, you know, I get to try to fix behaviors. And I try to tell teachers all the time, it's not the behavior that the, that's the issue. It's the reason behind that behavior. And the pastor in me wants to go, it's, well, it's a sin, their sinful nature. So that, well, the reason they're acting crazy and driving you crazy is because they have sin in their heart. And that needs to change, but I can't really go there too much. But, I get to, but it's this idea that we, ha- we have to change. Like, we have to change the root of what we believe. Like you, you really have to fundamentally change your belief. And that's kind of what we're going to look at today is how do we do that? How do we change what we believe that way we can see this shift in our, in our, in our life, this change in our life? And we're going to look at, look at this passage in Psalms, and it's just the psalmist in this chapter is kind of all over the place, right? But, if we, but if, we can, if we can narrow this down, like what is he trying to say in all these hundreds of verses in this one chapter? Like if we can get past all that, I think we can find the psalmist saying this, if you want real change, this is how this is going to happen. And in Psalms 119 and one, verse 112, it says, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Go back, keep it on the verse. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. 
I want this to last. I don't just want this like some changes that 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 I, it lasts for a few weeks in January. Then comes Valentine's Day, and I turn in my weight loss for a box of chocolate type of weight. Like I want this to last. I want this to be forever. I want I want this to last forever. The psalmist says, "I incline my heart." It happens within. Not just behavior, but this belief that drives that behavior has to change or change won't stay. Lasting change, a lasting shift is, is what I'm after, and I incline my heart. And I think that's an interesting choice of words because it has this, has this thought of that that's something that's not natural for our hearts, Right? Like maybe they're not, like we have to orient something around that to be different. Like it's something that we have to do. Because we don't incline something that's already upright, right? It must, must have meant that, that the psalmist's heart may have, here may have been declined and that he had to constantly lean his heart forward, constantly check himself and in inclining his heart to things above. The problem I think with a lot of us is that we go through life reclined. Or declined. That's like however we wake up, that's how we're going to stay. That's how, like, however I feel, that's how I'm going to act. But the psalmist is saying, like, I, he knows that I act upon my attitude. I act upon my attitude, so I have to change the direction of my heart. I have to incline my heart. Like, do you know that you're in charge of your heart? That's why I can't stand when people say, well, he broke my heart, she broke my heart. Well, they can't break it if, they don't, if you don't give it to them. That's why the psalmist says, I'm setting my heart in the direction of heaven. I'm, I'm inclining my heart so my heart is in the direction of God. You want to see real change in your life, incline your heart, change your heart. That's why one, another version says, I determine to keep your decrees to the, to the very end. And I don't think this is something that we do once. Like you don't just incline your heart one time when you're 12 at Bible school, Bible study camp. It's just like I think we, I think, I think, I think we want it to be that way. Like if I, well, I prayed a prayer once, I should be good. And it's no, it's like it's almost saying you have to constantly incline, constantly search after, your, turn your heart to God. Turn it's a constant thing every morning, every day. You have to check it and do it again until the end, forever. So if we're really going to be a church that makes a constant shift, a constant change, and see that in our own lives, we need to start inclining our hearts continuously, leaning into where, leaning into to the things of God. Our life, our heart is going to be tempted to return to this default position. But we have to keep inclining our hearts to God. And, you know, maybe this default position for you is discouragement or despair or dysfunction. But when you take charge of your heart and you incline your heart, like your life will be forever changed. It's this idea that maybe the, the, the writer of Proverbs says, says it this way, guard your heart. Guard your heart from the things things of this world because they so easily entangle us 
they so easily pull us apart. I think the reason a lot of times churches don't see changes or they don't grow rather numerically or spiritually is because they haven't guarded their heart. They haven't inclined their heart to, to God. And I just hope that we're a church that we always incline our heart to God. And for us to incline our heart, some things have to change. And it's that we have to change our habits. Your habits create the condition of your heart. What you do changes your habits. It's this principle, if you've been around us for any length of time, from the beginning is because it's something that it's what shift church is all based the idea of shift church is all based off of is this change like shift you know I was like I want I want to keep this principle alive so it's a constant reminder for me as a pastor but it's this idea that you have to change what you care about you have to shift in your way you think of what you care about if I don't change what I care about if I don't shift what I care about then I will never grow. I will never change to the person God has for me to be. If I don't change what I care about, if I don't hate who I am today, I will never be who I need to be tomorrow. And I hope that somebody here gets this today because if we don't, and I know hate's a strong word, but if we have a healthy hate with where we are today, with the things that we have in our past, that hate can motivate us. That's why the next verse in um, verse 113 says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. It's like Paul saying, I, well, I don't understand why I do the things that I hate, but, but don't do the things that I love. Like, I hate that. I hate it. I hate the double-minded. He said, he said, I hate this. It's not, it's not a person I hate. It's a, it's a, I hate the condition of double-mindedness. I hate that I, 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 I want to be here, but also like I love living over here because sometimes this over here tastes pretty good, right? Like, just to give you an example, like, I, like, I'm, like let me say this first. We have to make a decision about some things that we hate. Okay, we have to make the decision. Let me give you an example. Like, I love the taste of Doritos. Right? I love the taste of pizza. Love the taste of Buddy's barbecue. Me and Justin ate there the other night. But I hate what it does to my body. Well, I'm beginning to hate what it does to my body. And for me to change that, for me to shift that, I have to learn to hate that. I hate exercising, but I have to love Learn to love that. You know, and really sometimes I hate where I find myself in my relationship with God. Because I haven't inclined my heart. And for me to grow, for me to change, I have to incline my heart to Him. I have to lean to Him. I have to find Him. And maybe, maybe for you, you, like you feel like God is not speaking with you. You want to hear God. And if you want to hear God, you have to make some big changes. You have to make it a habit to incline your heart and make it a habit to hate where you are. Like, you have to make it a habit to hate where you are so you can move past this wall that you found yourself with you and God. Like, if we're really going to grow and we're really going to shift, then we, we've, get, we've got to get past this wall. Like, that's why... I, 
Last week I said that maybe your breakthrough is on the other side of you saying yes. Or maybe your breakthrough is on the other side of of your praise. Because even though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, even though I have trouble in my life, I'm going to praise his name because I hate where I've found myself. I hate I found myself here. But I know, but I know that. I know that on the other side of my praise is my breakthrough. On the other side of me saying yes. The only side of me growing and me changing, my breakthrough is on the other side. What God has for me is on the other side. If I just incline my heart, even in these troubled times, if I incline my heart, I'm going to see a change. I'm going to see a shift because at the end of this praise, I'll have what God has for me. We've got to make a decision about what we hate. And I, I had this conversation with a girl at the middle school this week. Friday, she had a court date, and she was sent down to be with me all day. And I asked her this question. I said, why do you have so much built-up anger? Like, why do, you, why do you carry around all this anger? She's like, it's all I knew. It's all I know. My dad's not a part of my life. My living conditions aren't very great. Who I live with and who mom brings in and brings out is not great. I just, like, I, I hate life. And I said, that's crazy that you say that because when you really learn to hate where you are, you'll change, you'll see a shift in your life. Because hate is a powerful motivator. It can motivate in a good way and it can motivate in a bad way. You see that through, all throughout history. From political systems to individuals, it can be used in a good way and a bad way. And I'm like, if you could learn how to have a healthy hate, you won't have to live the same lifestyle everybody else is around you. But you have to learn how to hate well. And it motivates you to be something different. You can be the first girl in your family to go to college and get a degree. You can be the first, first person to, to move out of, out of the slums of Knoxville. You can do that if you learn to hate where you are today. Because as we grow, we shift. I told her, you are much better than this. I'm hoping her court date thing went good Friday. I'm just like, you can be something, no matter what the outcome of this is. You can be something different. You don't have to stay this way. And I'm telling you guys, you don't have to live the same lifestyle as everyone is around you. You can be a light. You can be a change. But it's until we learn to make it a habit to hate where we were yesterday, we'll never get to where God wants us to be tomorrow. I tell myself every day, what can I do today that's better than I did yesterday? That will make tomorrow better, make tomorrow closer to God. We've got to make it a habit because growing people shift, growing people change. You don't have to accept the default attitude toward anything because I incline my heart. I incline my heart. And I came to the realization of this in 2015. I began to hate where I was. Not a physical place, even though at the time I thought it was a physical place. I began to hate it. But really what it was, was I, 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 I began to hate where I was in my spirit. 
But I didn't know how to move on. And I even, even when I learned how, it took me a while to detox from that. But I hated where I found myself. And if I was honest with you guys, because I like being transparent, I like being just tell you is, like, I took this out on people, people in a place that I really shouldn't have. Said some things I shouldn't have and did some things I shouldn't have. And if I was honest, I burnt some bridges that should have probably still been standing there today. And I hated it. I hated it. Big time. Now, were there some real hurt? Absolutely. Was I really hurt about some things? Absolutely. But my heart wasn't inclined. And so I handled it wrong. And so as I, as I started to realize this, I kind of, and I started to realize that a lot of this I had brought on myself. And I was like, God, I, you've been doing a great work with me over the last year. And I can't move on until I incline my heart to you. Until I give my heart to you and, I, and stop seeking out revenge in different ways or, um, or different thoughts. I was like, I have, to, I have to think of you, but I know that I need to heal this. But for me to heal this, I know that I first have to incline my heart to you. I have to, I have to be all about you because for me to move on, for Shift Church to be what it needed to be, I need to heal this. And I'll never forget sitting across the table from the person that I felt I hurt the most. And saying, you know what, I know there's a lot of things being said, some of it true, some of it not true. But I need to tell you I'm sorry. I said some things I shouldn't have said and I did some things I shouldn't have done. And from the deepest parts of me, I want to say I'm sorry for some of those things. Because here's the deal, guys. I know that if, if my heart wasn't inclined and I didn't follow what God wanted me to do, I wouldn't have been able to step out and do what we're doing. I had to incline my heart. If I really wanted to see change, if I really wanted to be a shift in my, see a shift in my heart, I had to move and do what God was telling me to do. Whether I wasn't right in what I've done or wrong in what I've done. My actions hurt some people. And I had to say, I'm sorry. Because sometimes getting to change has to mean we have to admit that we did something wrong. We have to hate where we were. I had to hate where I was. For me to grow and to shift... To be where we are today, I had to make the choice of saying, I'm sorry. And from that moment when I inclined my heart to what God was having for me, I seen a shift happen. I seen a change happen. Things started moving. Things started operating all because I began not only to hate where I was, but I inclined my heart to where God was. How to make it a habit to hate. Every day I have to evaluate my life and say, I hate this where I'm at. Now there's some good things happening right now. Absolutely, I'm amazed at what God's doing. But I believe tomorrow God has something even bigger for us, bigger for me. So to get past this where I'm comfortable, I have to begin to hate where I'm at 
to move on because growing people shift. And here's the next habit. You have to know where to hide. You have to know where to hide. You know where to hide. Because you better. Because the attacks are going to come. The doubts and discouraging thoughts are going to try to set your heart on decline instead of incline. Try to get you off track, take you back to where you've been. Keep you stuck from moving forward. And Jesus is just like, do not stop. Do not turn around. Don't let these things drag you backward. Because what I have for you is better. It's abundant. I want to give you life abundant. Don't turn back to what you're, what's comfortable. Because I think oftentimes, I think oftentimes we, like we, are, are, we run to the things that we should be running from. We begin to run to the discouragements. We start to run, we start to run to the things that are trying to hurt us instead of the person who's trying to heal us. So when we learn to hate something and we learn to incline our heart to Christ, this is what we realize. I think it's what the psalmist is saying here in verse 114. You, Jesus, you, God, you are my hiding place. You are my shield. I hope in your word. I hope in your promises. Like all the, these things back here that I try to keep running back to, they're just full of empty promises. But I know if I keep moving forward, if I keep leaning in, if I keep inclining my heart to you, your promises are true, and I can trust those things. When we begin to feel the weight of our lives, where do we run to but to the Father? Like, I think about, you know, some of the things that's happened the last couple of years and how heartbreaking some of the things are and some things are, some things are going and we're... And it's just kind of like, you ever felt just like the weight, like, how am I going to move on from this? Like, how, how am I going to move forward? And it's almost like I can, I can kind of picture, like, God at the, at the, like, getting on the edge of heaven. Like, getting on the edge of heaven and just going, come find your refuge in me. Like, I may have said this before, it kind of reminds me of, um, when I was seven, I was hit by a car. That's where all these cool designs in my hair come from. And I wish he still had the shirt, but he doesn't. Unless I don't know if you have it or not. But I think, you know, God is, is this picture of a father, and a father's a protector. He's, a, he's, a, he's somebody that's like, he's there for you, right? And I was hit by a car when I was seven, and when where we lived, you could spit out the front door and hit the cars as they walked by. And so I, I was too close in, in the road, and a drunk driver came by and hit me in the, hit me in the head. And Dad said I did some somersaults in the in the air. I guess I could be a gym, gymnast, but I landed head first in a ditch. And like Dad's hand couldn't even cover up the full hole in my head. And and I remember after our, after everything was over, and I happened to see the shirt that Dad was wearing, and how my bloody arms was wrapped around him. It's like, no wonder I felt safe because I was in my father's arms. No wonder I felt okay because dad had me. 
And it's like, I can imagine like God, our father standing on the edge of heaven and just being like, I'm here. Find your refuge in me. Wrap those bloody arms around me. Leave those imprints on my shirt. For us to see true change in our life, we need to find a true hiding place. Because tomorrow, guess what? Something's going to happen tomorrow and it's absolutely going to suck. And it's going to tear you up from the flow up. And God's just like, come put your arms around me. Find your refuge in me. Find your strength in me. You don't need all this other stuff. Quit giving your heart away to all these other things and give your heart to me. Let me, let me be your refuge. Let me be your shield. Let me protect you. I love it. I love it when Lyric gets scared because she runs to Daddy. Daddy, I heard a noise outside. It's probably just the wind, honey. No, there's somebody out there. Well, I'll protect you. Let me go check your room for you real quick. Oh, actually, let me go check Mommy's room where you sleep with Mommy. <laughs> Put your arms around me. I'll take care of you. Remember when when we had, a couple years ago, we had a really bad wreck, and and Lyric happened to break her leg, mainly because Daddy was fat and the seat broke, and I fell back on her, and God rear-ended us, and I remember, I remember, I'll never forget, like I couldn't, like I couldn't like get her door open. And I'm hurt, I mean, I'm, like I'm hurting bad. And I couldn't get her door open. She's back there screaming. I couldn't get her door open. And I just remember, like, I don't know where it came from. I guess, I, I, but I pretty much ripped out my front seat to get her out. That's the way God is. Like, I, I'll, I've, I've done everything possible to get to you. I've ripped out the front seat. I knew how screwed up you would be and I still made a way in the cross like I knew I knew it and so I made a way just come find your refuge in me find your strength in me you are my hiding place and my shield you protect me I am your hiding place not the emotions of your heart because as Jer- Jeremiah says your heart is deceitful it's above reproach you can't trust it but if you begin to incline it to me lean it toward me find your shelter in me find your hope in me your life will be forever changed incline your heart to me and see what can change think about the girl at school I'm like how would her life be different if she had the hope that we have Think about some of the people that we've seen come here and how much different their lives look. You know, I, I didn't even plan on doing this. I know I'm at 30 minutes and 39 seconds, but let's see if I can find it. And I hope they're okay with me doing this. Um, um, I think sometimes we need a little bit of encouragement to see really when we take serious this call, it would be easier if I just topped in this and probably would go straight through it, straight to it. We have some people that's been coming and they've posted a couple of remarkable things on our Facebook page. I wasn't originally going to do this and 
we're talking about change, like when we, when we, when we really start to begin to trust what God's doing in our life. We lean in, lean, lean our hearts in. When we take that serious, when we take serious, we need to change what we care about for us to grow. We start seeing things happen around us. This is what somebody, this is what somebody wrote on their, on their Facebook page. I just want to say how amazed I am that Derek, our pastor at Shift Church, the church itself and his family have made an impact on our lives. It feels amazing to finally find a church as our home. Church to finally get my family going on Sundays. And I've been to several different churches and never felt the way I do the minute we get into the car and drive there. Because I know it's going to be an amazing day. It's it's going to be an amazing day. It's going to be an amazing service. It's going to strengthen my relationship not only to God but my family. And like I said before, I've been to several churches and I've never felt the way I do when I think about Shift Church. And really, it's not about Shift Church. Let me just say that right now. It's about what she's ex- experienced here with Jesus. All I can say is thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you for teaching us and me and my whole family look, family look forward to being a partner and a part of the church. I also want to invite any friends or family who have felt the way that I have about searching searching, and not being able to find the right place for them, not being able to strengthen your relationship with God because if you go where I can, if you go there, I can guarantee Pastor Derek will get you on the right path. I don't know about all that. But even though he is so young, he speaks so much wisdom, you can tell he is devoted to Christ. And the only way, way I can say I'm, I'm devoted to Christ is because I decided to make a change. I decided to hate where I was. Some of you guys decided to hate where you were, not that where you were was initially bad, but for you to see something different, you had to decide, like, do I want more or do I want to stay comfortable? She goes on to say, if you'd like to listen to his sermons, I've connected a link to my post. See you Sunday. Have a nice day of family, friends, and worship. That's somebody who would who decide, you know what? I'm uncomfortable. I hate where I am. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna search out God. I'm gonna search, I'm gonna search out, I'm gonna find a place where I can go and strengthen. And because of you deciding to change what you care about and deciding to be like, you know what, I'm not gonna be comfortable. Because I wanna grow, I wanna change, I wanna see a shift happen. And there's another person who said, I found hope in Jesus. I have found the Father where I can wrap my arm, my bloody arms around him and leave my handprints all over him. I think of the, we talked about the woman with the blood issue who came and touched Jesus' garment. Like if we just, if we can get somebody just to taste and see that God is good, how much can their lives change? But for us to do that, we have to incline our hearts, hate where we are, and be something different tomorrow. So I don't know where you find yourself today. But if you're going to value what Christ values, and we, have, we, 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 we grow, we will shift, we will change. Because you can't, to get us where we need to be tomorrow, we can't keep doing what we're doing today. Where we want to be at a year from now, we're going to have to do something different than what got us here. We have to, we have to keep growing, keep changing, keep, keep shifting in our lives. We have to change what we care about. And so the question that I asked the first day, week that we launched here a couple weeks ago is, are you coming? Are you coming? Will you go with me and change the habits of, your, of our heart? 
Will you incline your heart on a daily, learning to hate those things that are not from God and value what He values? That's what it means to be a church. That's what it means to be little little Christ. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to value the things of Christ. Because until our heart breaks for what broke His, this world will never change. So my prayer is not for us to be comfortable here. I hope that there's a constant struggle here. I want things to be better. Not that they're bad, but yes. But but I pray there's enough tension to make you want to see something better. To see something more. Which I know a lot of us, you wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that. And I just... I just hope that we become the church that's constantly growing, constantly changing, so that we can reach the 27,000 people that's disconnected in the 75, 75 square miles that surround us. Because they're not looking just for another church. They're looking for a movement of God. And that movement is you. Not Shift Church, not the gathering, not whatever. They're looking at you to see if God's really moving in you. And this just becomes a result of what we're doing there. So be the change, be the shift. God, I just pray that as as we move forward and continue to grow, that we, we make those shifts that can only come from you. God, I just pray that as we sit here and we, we sing this service out, that we know that this only Jesus, it's only because of you. And so I just pray that, that our hearts change, that we grow, that we be a light to our community, that we quit putting our hope, we quit inclining our heart to things that don't matter. That we, but we find our shelter, we find our strength, we find, we find our shield, we find, we find our hope in you. That we begin to incline our hearts to you so that we can see that change in our life. I pray that tomorrow where we've inclined our hearts so deeply to you. That that tomorrow we walk into our places of work or places of play. And there's something so different about us because of how we've inclined our heart. That someone comes to us and goes, man there's something different about you. Can you tell me what it is? And we can just say... I don't know the answer to all your questions, but the answer is Jesus. Because it's only you. I pray for our hearts. You know, this has been our constant prayer for the last year and almost two years of getting prepared for this, is that you break our hearts and continuously break our hearts for what breaks yours. May we always value what you have valued, and that is seeking people that are far from you. God, let's pray over this next few moments that, that we begin to lay our yes down, whatever our yes is. That we give all that we have with our hearts to see your kingdom come, your will be done. Because you are great and greatly to be praised. You're unsearchable. I can't describe you. You're everything that I need. You're everything. You're, you encompass everything. You're the I am of whatever the situation calls. May we, may that be our message that, oh, you're going through that. Well, he says, I am. 
oh, you're experiencing that heartbreak where he says, I am. God, I I pray for that girl I talked about. God, may may I do everything short of sin, even if it costs me everything, to see her know you. Although she may not have a father here on this earth, may I show her that she has a father in you, that you love her unconditionally, that she, she can run to you. I pray for all of our hearts, God. Maybe there's something in in our hearts that we're struggling with right now. And may we find the I am in that situation, God. Because we have a story of redemption to tell. Maybe it's in our marriages. Maybe it's in our our kids' lives. Maybe it's in, maybe it's just in where we work. We're having struggles. God, may you be the I am in all those situations. Because we don't have time to look back and regret on anything. All we have is to look forward to you and that you are that hope that can fix everything. So I just pray that you fix those things that we can say, look at what God has done. Look at what he's done. Look at what he's fixed in my life. Thank you. I pray all this in your name.